fellow horror lovers, and welcome to episode two of Scary Stories and Screenplays. Tonight's title is The Death Rattle, and it's a short script based on my feature screenplay of the same name. As always, we have some wonderful actors this evening lending their voices to our troubled characters. And they are Jojo Marie as the captivating Savannah, Simon Val in the role of Mason, and Samuel Wilson as his best friend Ethan. Our supporting cast are Kim S. Monty as Pearl, Joanne Myers as Rose, Casimir Stern as Jeremy, and last but not least, Paula Fimbrist Soloff playing our mom. And now I bring to you the death rattle. Exterior, Prosper, Texas, dusk. It is a typical Texas suburban neighborhood. Nice brick homes with manicure lawns and a few upscale cars in the driveway. Evening is beginning to fall and dot the landscape with a memorable Texas sunset. One home has a kid's bike laying on the grass. Interior, Ethan's house, continuous. The home has large vaulted ceilings, wood and raw iron staircase, and a foyer flanked with an entry storage bench. Ethan, 12, thin and a little nerdy, shoves a Nintendo Switch into his backpack by the bench. His mother calls him from the other room. Ethan! Yes, Mom? Do you want some ice cream? I told you I was going to Mason. That's right. He texts me when you get there. Mom, he lives a block away. I don't care. Text me. Ethan looks around to make sure his mother doesn't see him grab her expensive equipment. I'm telling mom. Ethan is surprised by his little brother, Jeremy. I'm not doing nothing. Really? Mom! Yes? Nothing! Why are you doing this? What do you want? Oh, I don't know. Switch, I guess. What? No way. Then I'll just tell mom that you're taking her expensive equipment she bought. All right, all right. Here. He pulls it out quickly. You better not break my switch. Got it? Of course. You break my stuff all the time. Did you forget something, Ethan? Nah. He was just letting me play with his switch while he's gone. That's all. Jeremy loves to torture him. Ethan sees his mother peek out from the kitchen. Gotta go. He's waiting. Don't break it. All right. I love you. Tell Mrs. Mom I said hi. Exterior, Ethan's house, dusk. Ethan throws his backpack over his shoulder and jumps on his bike headed down the street. Mason, 12, the leader of the pack, is on his bike and joins Ethan mid-speed. He doesn't miss a beat. What your mom say? Nothing. Did you grab the stuff? Duh, of course I did. Did you tell her where we're going? Dude, what do I look like? I'm kind of an idiot. This isn't my first haunted house, you know. Taking the ghost tour in old Charleston doesn't qualify you as a ghost hunter, man. Just saying. Whatever, dude. Come on. They turned the corner, pedaling hard. Exterior, six streets away, dusk. The boys ride their bikes down the street, past a home with a for-sale sign on the front lawn. It creaks as it sways in the soft breeze. They stop their bikes a few doors down, dropping them to the curb. A car pulls onto the street. It drives in their direction. They pretend to talk until it passes. They move quickly to the house's side gate, and sneak in. 
Exterior, side window, continuous. The boys stop at a side window on the house. Ethan begins to text. What are you doing, man? Come on. I'm texting my mom. Duh. Oh, good idea. Covering our tracks. Mason pulls out his phone and texts his mother. Ethan takes his backpack off and pulls out a crowbar. He hands it to Mason, who stands in the front of the window. What? No way. Are you crazy? Check this out. The window is unlocked. What the fuck? Come on. Follow me. I got this. Mason easily maneuvers into the window, then pulls in his friend who needs the help getting inside. Interior dining room continuous. The furniture is covered in white sheets. It's kind of dark in here. Cool, right? Ethan pulls out a small flashlight. We can't go turning on lights. You want to get caught? No. We have to be careful, okay? Wow. Everything's covered like creepy and shit. I heard you had like a hundred TVs. Would you take one? Like they wouldn't even notice. Take one? Yeah. And who's going to carry that home on their bike? Plus it's stealing. I'm not doing that. It was just a thought, man. Get those kinds of thoughts out your head. Come on. Mason heads to the opening of the room, but Ethan has stopped. Dude, what are you doing? I thought you wanted to see where it happened. What? I, I do. Like, what do you mean? Then come on. What are you, chicken? I ain't no chicken. Give me a sec. Ethan pulls out his mother's equipment, a voice recorder and an EMF reader. See, I'm just getting ready. That's all. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Eventually you'll believe it. You were stalling. Whatever, man. A figure passes behind them in the darkness. They do not see it. Hey, what's over here? They move towards the office to look around. It's so creepy they cover their shit in sheets. My mom said it's to keep the furniture free from dust and stuff, so they can sell it. A figure moves behind them, gliding away. Again, they don't notice, but Ethan rubs the chill out of his arms. Ain't nobody gonna buy this place, that old lady killing people up in here and all. With this, we're gonna get some EVPs, and we're gonna be huge. That's what I'm talking about, my man. They head towards the kitchen past the area where they entered. Something moves in the darkness ahead of them. It scares Ethan. You see that? Yeah, you? Yeah. What is your name? His hands shaking as he holds the recorder. Do you know you're dead? How long ago did you die? Nothing moves. Ask it what it wants, and if it has some unfinished business or something like that. What do you want from us? Do you have unfinished business? Again, silence. Come on. Mason heads back to the staircase by the front office. Behind them, they hear a faint, raspy breath with a slight rattle. It's long and ominous. They freeze on the stairs. What the hell was that noise? You heard that, right? The boys peer into the darkness from where they came. Something moves. Holy fuck. What was that? Could it be? The death rattle? Mason grabs the flashlight and shines it in that area. They see nothing. He turns it off. What gifts, man? No lights, remember? We keep it off, we don't get caught. 
Simple math. Something moves again in the shadows. So, you want to see where it happened? Ah! Jeez! A pretty blonde teenager, Savannah, 17, appears in the darkness. You came to see where it happened, right? All those deaths. She moves towards them. Uh, hey, I, uh, guess we have the wrong house. We were just- You were what? You broke in here, didn't you? Just got the wrong house, you know? You came in here to find the ghosts, didn't you? I did. I left the window open. I see you found that. She looks at the recorder in Ethan's hand. He slips it behind his back. So, I'll ask again. You want to see where it happened? She slinks past them in an alluring way, stopping just a few steps up. Right this way. Or... She points to Ethan. Are you chicken? Oh, she diced you, man. She didn't dice me. Chopped you up and spit you out. Bam. Diced. Ha! You were so scared. Whatever, man. She heads up the stairs. The boys follow her. Interior, upper level. She stays just a few steps ahead of them, disappearing around the corner. The boys feel a chill. You feel that? He nods. Uh, hello? Where'd she go? They clear the corner, straining to see her in the darkness of the hallway. She opens a door and the moonlight streams out. She enters the room, sweetly calling them forward with a playful, follow me gesture. Interior upstairs bedroom, continuous. It's a large master bedroom. Next to the bed is an old sailing bag with a silver portable holder. The rest of the furniture is covered in sheets. She closes the door behind them, setting the mood. Do you guys know the story of Pearl and what she did here? Uh, yeah. I think so. It's why we came in with some ghost equipment. She killed people and now they haunt this house. But do you know how and why she started? The newspaper said greed. Yeah, that's right. Want to know the dirty and gory details? Do I? Hells yeah. Mason smacks his friend. What? No class, dude. No class. It was five years ago when she killed her first elderly person. Back then, she took care of the woman in her home. She was a home health nurse. She became very close with the woman who left her some money in her will. Little did they know, she actually killed the old woman. When they finally caught her, cops asked her why and she said the first was just out of the desire to kill. All of the other deaths were out of greed. You see, she figured out a way to gain their trust, bring them into her home, where they thought she was their best friend, their private nurse. Then, once they signed over their home, or their life insurance, it all ended. Ended with the death rattle. Savannah sits on the floor and pats it for the boys to join her. I'm getting to that. After killing the first old woman, she bought this house with the money. Then, she would pick clients in nearby towns and explain to them it would be easier if she moved them in her large home to take care of them, and she wouldn't charge them any extra. She was their dream caregiver. Then, a few months would pass. Things seemed great. All of a sudden... Cut to... Flashback. Same bedroom, four years earlier. Pearl, 40s, homely, heavyset sits next to an older woman, Rose, 70s, frail, and lying in the bed. Pearl sets down a book that she was reading to her and takes a syringe out of her scrubs. She would tell them she was giving them vitamin shots. 
she was actually injecting them with a bacteria that would quickly become sepsis in their body, traveling through their bloodstream. Rose smiles at her, nodding her head in agreement. It's time for her shot. You've been so kind to me, Pearl. You are a godsend to me. I don't know what I'd do without you. Rose, it's my job. I'm happy to do it. Oh, that pinched. Sorry, I had to make sure I got the vein. You'll start to feel better soon. These vitamins are top-notch. She rubs Rose's hands. You are a godsend, Rosie. You fill my heart. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. You remember that. Oh, I won't forget it. Bless your heart. No one in my life has done for me what you've done. You are God's blessing indeed. Pearl looks away with a sneer, setting down the needle. You get some rest now. I'll read the next chapter after I serve you dinner this evening. Thank you, my dear. Oh no. Thank you, Rose. Pearl walks over to the dresser and leaves with a life insurance policy signed by Rose for $100,000. Cut to... Interior, upstairs bedroom, continuous. It would only take a day or two for the bacteria to begin its job. Once the infection set in, it caused sepsis, which caused... The death rattle! Mason smacks his friend. Dude! What? That's rude. Let her tell the story. He turns to Savannah. I'm sorry for my idiot friend. What's her name again, miss? She seductively says, Savannah. Pretty name for a pretty girl. Yeah, dude. Not gonna happen. Nice try. She's like 17, and you're barely 12. I'm almost 13. Older than you. Let's let her tell us the story you think you know. It's eerily silent until Savannah whispers, The Death Rattle. No way. So cool. It's horrific to hear. You know when you hear it, someone is dying. It's how Pearl knew she was in the money. Once that set in, she'd call the paramedics, and it was always too late to save them. Didn't she kill like six people in this house before she got caught? Five old people, one young? Yeah, she killed, like, her cousin and finally got caught. Her niece. It was her niece. Cut to flashback one year ago. Pearl is at the bedside again, knitting. The breathing coming from the bed is scary. It's a long, raspy, weak breath with a rattle. A Caucasian woman's hand wearing fashionable rings flops to the side by Pearl as she exhales one long, final rattle. Pearl takes the pulse. She finally got caught, killing her own kin. Pearl smiles and drops the hand. Cut to interior, upstairs bedroom. She was young, like me. Seventeen. So sad. That's messed up. So, have you seen any ghosts here yet? She nods. What? That's cool. There's one that is creepy old with devil eyes that follows you throughout the house. Did you get a picture of it? No. There's another scary old black woman that desperately tries to get your attention. That's freaky. You've seen these ghosts? Holy, so cool. There's an eerie pause. Wanna hear what it sounds like? Like, what sounds like... The death rattle 
Hell yeah. You can do that? Do you think you can handle it? What? Me? Of course. Maybe not old softy over here. What? Dude, like, no. I can handle it. But can you do it? Well played, my man. Well played. You finally got a good one in. For you? Sure. Hang on. Savannah tilts her head back, pushing her breast forward, making the boys smile. Her head falls back into the darkness out of their view. The breathing starts. It's an eerie, long wisp of air with a soft rattle. It's ominous. It starts to get louder and more dark. Flashback, same room, one year ago. Pearl drops the hand of the young Caucasian woman to the side. She gets up from the chair, leans over the body, and lifts the sheet over Savannah's face as she lays dead in the bed, eyes staring blankly into space. There, there now. Sleep pretty, my dear. The weight of the world is off your shoulders. And I, I will rejoice in your life. <laughs> Short as it was. Cut to interior upstairs bedroom, continuous. The boys are shocked at the death on her face. What? Who? What the hell? Savannah rattles again. Her eyes whited over. Streaks of black veins run across her face. How the boys realize there are more people standing around them. Before they can look up, the ghosts jump on them, holding them down. Get off me, man! What the hell? Rose, gray, sunken, hollowed eyes grasp and claws at the boys. Come here, boy. Give me that breath of yours. They reach their dead fingers across the boy's face and down their mouths. The dead man with the devil eyes hangs onto their clothing as they pull and claw at the boys. Get off me, man! Savannah creepily maneuvers over them as they scream, unable to break free. Help! Help! Help me! Help! Somebody! The other ghosts angrily suck out Mason's air. He fights to be free. It works. Mason runs out of the room but turns the wrong way down the hall into another bedroom. It's the end of the house. Boy! Come here, son. I won't hurt you. I promise. Confused, scared, Mason hurries under the bed but can hear the creep of the dead slowly approaching the door. Mason looks up. There's a closet. Quietly, he crawls out and enters it. The bedroom door creaks open as the dead drift in. 
Rose's feet glide across the floor, her death rattle too much for Mason to bear. He stands in the closet in complete fear. Rose appears behind Mason. recesses of my imagination. Next up, how about staying for The Body in the Road, which was inspired by actual events. <laughs> <laughs> 